You are Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, folks? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day, I am Nick Fair by Ray for Pittsburgh Sports Now. Call games at WPTS Radio, and I am a production assistant at ACC Network. And boy, do we have a lot to talk about today, but mainly the transfer portal additions that Pitt adds. Michael Dow from Michigan State and Kanata Mumfield from Akron. We will talk about those guys and their impact potentially on Pitt's 2022 outlook. And folks, certainly we will talk about other needs they still might have if they want to hit the transfer portal. So folks, all that's coming up here on a great episode of Locked On Pit. Folks, welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast. As always, thank you for making the Locked On Pit Podcast your first listen every day. And folks, today's episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast is brought to you by Sonos. Experience the game like never before with Sonos Arc, the premium smart soundbar for TV, movies, music, gaming, and more. Visit Sonos.com to learn more. Now folks, let's talk about it a little bit because Pit, I think, just made two big landings this week, right after the Peach Bowl, right after a loss. That momentum has not stopped at all for Pitt, they land Michigan State transfer Michael Dow, and then they land Akron wide receiver transfer Kanata Mumfield, and, and obviously Mumfield, the bigger of those two. And I think we got to talk about Mumfield and, and what he brings to the table. We need to certainly talk about Dow, and then we will certainly also talk about maybe Pitt isn't done in the portal yet, and maybe there's other things that they can go after. But I think you look at overall what Pitt is bringing to the table here with Kanata Mumfield. I mean, this is a huge, huge addition for Pitt. Uh, I mean, just just not at, on a level where you say, oh my goodness, this team just landed a dude who is arguably one of the top freshman receivers last year, but, but also a guy that was one of the most overlooked receivers coming out in the 2021 class. And now you look at what he put up there, man. It was no fluke. It was not level of competition. You watch the actual tape this guy puts up, and my goodness, he is a dynamic receiver. Uh, his routes are great. His inherent quickness is great. He, he actually encapsulates exactly what you would want in just about... All of these receivers in the portal, you know, some of them are contested catch guys. Some of them are speed guys. Some of them are a little bit all around. Mumfield has that all around capability, but his top, his top weapon is separation. And that's huge because I do feel like Pitt's receiving core was good this year. But you also felt like at times they could have just been better. And it, when they got injured, it, it, when they lost Taysier back, and when they lost Jalen Barton, they lost field stretchers. And now, they just added another one. They just added another guy that can slice man coverage up like it's nothing. And Mumfield is that guy. Now, when you look at his route running, and what he inherently actually has as a route runner, he's a guy that plays with speed, but with fluidity, with smoothness. He's one of the smoothest receivers I watched uh, just kind of through the portal. You look at guys that actually play 
uh, receiver and, and play a dynamic position of both inside at the Y and play X and Z outside. They'll play any position. He is maybe the most fluid receiver in the portal. I think he was the top transfer option in the portal for a few for a few reasons. One, because of his easy separation ability. And again, I cannot stress this enough. In the modern football game, I don't care what level you're at, I don't care if you're in the NFL, you're at high school, you're at college. Separation's the number one priority separation it's cool to have a guy that can go up and make the contested grabs and and certainly Mumfield has showcased the ability to at least do that when asked Jared Wayne can obviously do that and obviously Jordan Addison has made that a part of his game that he has vowed to improve and he did improve in 2021 in that area but Mumfield is a guy that just like Addison you you know Addison's wide open all the time and, and you get open through different ways you get open through great releases you get open through Great footwork. You you do it in one area that Mumfield does it better than Addison in, and it's attacking leverage. No one attacks leverage better on this roster right now than Kanata Mumfield. He's phenomenal at it. And at the top of his routes, he'll work in the blind spots. He'll understand, hey, I have inside leverage, and I need to get outside. So I'll just attack him to his leverage and, and then burst back outside. And he knows how to maximize his athletic talents. A lot of his traits and, and kind of how he runs routes, and, and I'll shout out Devin Jackson here, um, who's one of my, my good friends, and, and he's been watching Mumfield as well, and he's kind of talked about, you know, the route running style that that you employ uh, w- with Mumfield, and you see you see a lot of Jerry Judy in this guy's game, you know, I'm not saying he's Jerry Judy, I'm not saying he's going to be like that good, what I am saying though is he has a very similar style to Judy, both in his routes, but in how he attacks leverage, and how he uses his eyes, and how he uses his feet, and how he uses those eyes. As I said, with deception, Jerry Judy was one of the best guys to use his eyes as a weapon, as a receiver, because your eyes can be a really dangerous weapon as a wide receiver, and boy, Mumfield knows it, and he's got a great route tree. He can work from multiple different alignments. There's a reason this guy was a freshman All-American in Akron, and it took essentially the Mac by storm, and no one could really stop this guy all year. His route running ability is one of the best. It's polished for his age. And Pitt needed another guy coming onto this team that could beat man coverage. Because, again, teams were able to man them up a little bit more later in the year. Jared Wayne's a big dude, and he's a very solid receiver. But he's not really the separation type, which is okay. But you need another guy that could separate. There was no proven receiver. Now, that doesn't mean Jalen Barton can't be that guy. I like Jalen Barton. I like the the pursuits and the prospects that he brings. But, man, after he broke his collarbone on the same day that Taser Mack did, unfortunately, we didn't get to see that. So, Barton ended up just kind of having a very short resume. And we don't know if he took a leap or not. So, it, it's kind of the whole thing there is that Mumfield brings you a proven guy that is a great route runner, that has proven he can beat guys at a high level, that has proven he can run so many routes, that has proven he can be a field stretcher against man coverage. Teams are just not going to be able to match up against Pitt man-to-man next year. And that's the truth. You can't match Addison, Mumpfield, Bartholomew, Wayne, Bradley, Barden. You can't match those guys. It's not going to happen. And, and that is great news for Pitt. Because if you can force teams into too high, maybe give you underneath stuff or, or force them out of just man-to-man and it get wide-open windows, it won't matter as much who your quarterback is. 
Because even if Slovis is very good or Patty's really good, let's be real here, Pitt is going to be in a great position offensively to do whatever they want. Mumfield's addition is huge because of that. They, they needed a proven receiver outside of their top two. Now they have a very good top three. And, and I want to talk about the significance of this, how good. There's no doubt who the best receiving quarter in the NCAA is going to be. It's going to be Ohio State. But Pitt has a legitimate opportunity with Mumfield, with another year of Addison, and, and with Wayne potentially taking another year in his senior year to potentially take a leap. And then Bard and Bradley, even Addison Copeland in there, they have an opportunity to, to fit right in behind them. And, and that's an opportunity that you can't pass up. Again, this looks on paper really good. And it's great to look on paper. Before you play, it's better to be loaded on paper than it is to not be. And that's the thing. Pitt here as a huge, huge weapon who's a great route runner, who can beat you after the catch. He's quick. He's very polished for where he is. He's a guy that looks like he's just going to go up, up, and up. And, and that upside is exactly what Pitt wanted and what they needed. He's your wide receiver, too. You can work him for multiple different alignments. He will draw attention away from Jordan Addison. If they don't want to – listen, if, if teams want to double Jordan Addison, they're going to have to now deal with Kanata Mumfield and Jared Wayne. And that's the big point here. And then if they somehow can match Wayne and Mumfield and Wayne as well, you still have Gavin Bartholomew. You have Israel Kanda. And, again, I like the prospects of Jalen Barden. I like the prospects of Jaden Bradley. I like these guys. I really do. I like these guys, and I like the other side of this receiving core. It's a big-time ad. Pitt can potentially have one of the better receiving cores in the nation here with Mumfield and the addition that he brings to the team. Now, folks, we'll talk about Dow. We'll also talk about some impressive thing I think Pat Narduzzi did in regards to Kanata Mumfield. But first, I want to let you know about Built Bar. Folks, it's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure to include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it, unlike some other protein bars that are chalky, waxy, or just terrible overall. So folks, I know it'll get boring and, and by like week three you might not try it, but Built Bar is covered in 100% chocolate and folks, it's low in calories, low in sugar, low in net carbs, high in protein. You get all you want in terms of the health benefits with Built Bar. So listen folks, it has so many great flavors as well with coconut and almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and more. And there are also limited flavors that come out. Check Built.com to see what's new all the time, but just go to built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off of your order. Again, that's using our promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast, folks. And, folks, we absolutely have to talk a little bit about just the absolute madness that Pat Narduzzi has just pulled off. And, and we talk about Kanata Mumfield and, and what he brings and, and the depth he brings. And, and trust me, we will talk about Kanata Mumfield more and more kind of as the season approaches and we do everything in, as it pertains to that. But this is a dude that when you look at Kanata Mumfield, he's a game changer for all the reasons we listed. A great route runner, you know, great separator. He, he's got strong hands. He, he's a guy that can, can do stuff after the catch, and he's a very multi-versatile player. So he makes defenses get into binds, and it, it changes how they can play you. And most defense play now is some variation of zone coverage, 
But Mumfield understands how to beat that too. You know, find the soft spots. Addison has really worked on that this year. I felt like that was a strength of his that really grew and made him, quite honestly, more dangerous than ever before. And so Pitt now has dangerous players all over the offense. The weapons for Keaton Slovis, I believe it's going to be Keaton Slovis, but Nick Patty, if potentially he wins, I truly do believe it's going to be a special, special offense, at least from the weapons standpoint. We'll see kind of how it works out from there. Um, but but this is a fantastic group of weapons now, and, and it's great. And, and the crazy thing about it all is we talk about hit, you know Pat Narduzzi landing Keaton Slovis, and we talked about him landing Kanana Mumfield, and, and how he's done it, I think, is actually the most impressive part of it all. You know, landing them without an offense coordinator, and then landing Mumfield even after Brennan Marion, the wide receivers coach, left to go to Texas. That's that's fantastic stuff, and, and we, we got to get the due. We have to get the due to Pat Narduzzi. To do that without a stable offensive coordinator, say, hey, Listen, here's a scheme that all he had to do was sell a vision. You know, he had to sell, okay, listen, we're not going to change the offense that much. It's not going to be crazy. We're mostly going to run a pro-style offense, and that's what he sold to Keaton Slovis and Kanata Mumfield. And when you sell that stuff, and then you still land them in, it it sends a message, I think, about the culture that Narduzzi has built here and kind of the expectation he's built and, and the respect and the rapport he's built among this locker room because you can see other players vouching for Narduzzi. You know, Slovis landed because of a big-time conversation with Kenny Pickett, you know, who did the same thing. Remember, Kenny Pickett signed and flipped from Temple with no offense coordinator. Kenny Pickett didn't know who was going to be the offense coordinator after Matt Canada bolted to LSU. But he stayed on, and, and Pat Narduzzi has proven to be able to keep guys that are offensive studs on even though he's a defensive coach. Clearly, this dude is a great recruiter. And when he takes on those challenges himself, personally, it has proven to be very fruitful for Pat Narduzzi and Pitt and Keaton Slovis and Kanana Mumfield. No different, landing both of those very good talents out of the transfer portal. And another guy he lands in Michael Dow uh, from Michigan State to really help the linebacker room. Now, people, I think, will will let Dow's kind of addition fly under the radar. And so, what's what's the plan here with Michael Dow? Obviously, a guy that played strong safety for the Spartans. A guy that was more so a hybrid player than a true strong safety, if you will. But he's a guy that, that knows what he's been doing. He's, he's experienced. Two years of eligibility left for Michael Dow after coming to Pitt, and he's a guy that is about 215, 6'1", 215. It's a good weight, good highs for a box safety. You know, and in Pitt's scheme, he might bump up a little bit. I think when you actually look at, at this all, you know, Dow is a guy that's going to come in and play that star linebacker role, and Pitt is losing John Patrician for sure. It's potentially that they lose both him and Cam Bright. Does Cam Bright come back? I don't know. He can exercise another year. He can exercise his COVID year if he wants to. Now, Cam Bright coming back would be huge. He's been a stud all year, really. He started off bad, but as the season went on, this is a guy that has improved by leaps and bounds. However, it's no guarantee they get him back, and I know they like Solomon DeShields. I know Bengali Kamara played really well at the money, and they're losing Phil Campbell there, but the question is going to be, you know, does 
Kamara play the money or does he play the star? He can play both. He has experience at both. Solomon Shields has experience at both. You kind of got to wonder, you know, what, what fits into here? What, what are the puzzle pieces that fit for Pitt here? Um, what they're going to do with the linebacker. But Dow is undoubtedly going to be a star linebacker. And I think that's very clear. He's going to play that star role. He's a guy that's a former safety. He's going to play the patrician role. I, th- I think that's co- kind of very obvious. A guy that has a lot of experience blitzing from the slot can bulk up 5'10 pounds to 220, 225, 230 at the most. Uh, he's a guy that already is well filled out for his frame. He's a, he's a guy that knows it has a nose to get scrappy, has played in the box a lot. Again, is that hybrid, but he's going to be a linebacker here. He's not going to be a safety. He, he's never been a great cover guy, but but he's he's got that same type of instincts where where he's heady and he's very he comes from a football family so you know he he knows what he's doing he's been surrounded through his whole life he's been surrounded by football and and that does kind of ring true here with Dow and you can see he's a very smart player just at times he's very tight-hipped um so he's not a great coverage guy I don't I don't think he's going to be your elite coverage guy I think he's he's going to be more than sufficient enough I don't think he's going to be an outright you know liability and I like his physicality down low I, I think he's going to be very good he's a missile man he loves to hit this guy hits like a rocket when he comes downhill and they need that and they need that in the linebacker room the linebacker room might be the singular biggest issue I have with the team right now Dow playing at star is is cool but who's going to be the other guys going to be Cam Bright if it's Cam Bright and, and Dow they have a really good one-two punch there at the star just like they did last year um, with Patrician and Bright. You know, you really hope Bright comes back because if Dow can work into that rotational Patrician role, I think they're going to be perfectly fine there. And then your money becomes much more clear. It's going to be Kamara and Shields. But if he doesn't, it's going to be Dow Shields. And then you also have to figure out who the backup money is. Is it, you know, Dennis working double duty while George has to come in more at the mic? Or do you keep Dennis at the mic more and play him more? And then at the money, it's going to be Kamara, someone else like maybe Kyle Lewis, for example. Or Preston Levant or Marquand Pope. Who's going to be that guy? Or do you get another transfer linebacker? So you got to all figure this out. But the linebacker rotation was something that we talked about here as well as needing reinforcements. You're losing Chase Pine. You're losing John Patricia. You're losing Phil Campbell. You lost Wendell Davis. You might be losing Cam Bright. And so adding a guy like Dow, who who might not be as experienced at linebacker, which can be a concern as well, right? So maybe you don't want him being the star linebacker as a starter. You want him in that Patrician role. But the Patrician move worked out very well for this team. It was very fruitful. I don't think anyone expected it to work out as well as it did. And yet, he was great. He was great this year working downhill and being that blitzer off the edge and being a real asset to Narduzzi's blitz schemes and, and really helping fill that void when Cambrite wasn't out there. And Dow's faster than Patricia. So they'll have more speed, they'll have more twitch, they'll have more explosiveness. He's got the he's got the athleticism of a Cambrite, but the skill set of a John Patricia. So you're gonna have similar types of, of movements to Patricia. The tight hipness, so you're not going to get an elite coverage guy, but you're going to get a guy that can really enforce down low, and I think that'll be very important for him. So quality addition of Michael Dow, whichever, how, whatever how he works out, I think they should probably add another linebacker to this room. I don't think it should be done yet, but they might like the Shields, Kamara, and those guys enough to do it. Now, folks, we talked a little bit about Dow, and we talked about Mumfield and what they bring, but 
could Pitt potentially actually attack the portal more and, and add even more talent through the transfer portal? We'll talk about that. But first, folks, Pitt fans, this is Nick Faribault with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents before every gas gallon every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Folks, use the promo code SCORE and get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use the promo code SCORE to get up to $0.50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back is added right to your account. You can cash out Anytime you get your bank account, PayPal, an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands, just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code SCORE to get up to 50 cents gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code SCORE. Hey folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast, and certainly I do want to talk about could Pit potentially add some even more talent to their roster through the portal, and, and what positions do they need? Now, you know, Pit, we talked about the, th- the three obvious ones were receiver, linebacker, quarterback. They have all three of those now. Dow is going to be the linebacker, Slovis the quarterback, Mumfield the receiver, but I don't think it necessarily means they're done. And and I know the the scholarships crunch is going to be something that people will look at and certainly say, okay, Pitt can only take so much more. Do they want to take more at the February signing period? You know, is that something they want to do? I don't know. But certainly what I do know is that Pitt is going to look to maximize next year. And so if there's anywhere that they can improve – they should go after someone. And there's certainly, I think, positions that they could go after. If they really wanted to, I think they could add a backup tight end, for example. I, I think tight end behind Gavin Bartholomew is a question mark. You know, they have Cole Mitchell. They have Jake Renda. They have Kai Wright. They have these guys. Kmar Mimes. They have these guys that have potential. But there's really nothing there that is certain. You don't know what Renda is going to be. You don't know what Mitchell is going to be. You don't know what... You're going to get from a guy like Kai Wright, who was hurt this year. You don't really know that. And, and you kind of, you hope that you get more from them, but there's no guarantee. And so, backup tight end can be an issue. But if that's one of your concerns, it's a pretty good concern to have. You know, so you're not worried about your starter. You're not worried about your offensive line. You're not worried about anything, really. Running back depth, whatever. Backup tight end. And in the, in the H-back role, is pretty simple. You know, Bartholomew can fill in that at times, but... Daniel Carter is right there as the fullback H-back, and you got your H-back. So there's plenty of things that look good for Pitt moving forward. Now, there are other guys that Pitt could potentially try to usurp on defense. I mentioned linebacker. Again, they could add two linebackers, I think, because they're losing so much. They could add another guy to that star room if Cam Wright leaves. They could add a Mike to back up Servasia Dennis. They could add a money to help out Bengali Kamara. So I think that's possible. But I also think it's certainly possible. I don't think they need a defensive lineman. I think they have plenty of talent there. They like the guys like Bam Barina, Dagon Hayes really came on strong at the end of the year. They have Nakai Johnson. 
They have Naquan Brown. They have all these guys. But I think corner is one that makes more sense to me. I don't think, again, I think safety potentially, but it doesn't make as much sense to me unless they get a slam dunk guy. You know, you saw Brandon Hill play really well as the year went on. Hallett started out rough, but after the Miami game, he played really well the rest of the year. Uh, so Hallett, you know, playing as, at the toughest position in the, the defense, really improved and, and played really, quite honestly, at a pretty high level as the season continued to go on. And, and the more and more you saw him play, the less and less you said, this guy's a problem. The more and more you said, man, what an asset. It just took him time to get acclimated. And that was the thing with, really, Eric Hallett. The struggles were there, but once he once the game slowed down for him, he was playing at a really high level. And I think now, going into 2022, you trust Eric Hallett at free safety. So, maybe for depth, you know, is there really anyone there behind them if they got hurt? There's P.J. O'Brien. There's Rashad Battle. There's Judson Talladeer. You know, there are guys there, but I don't know if there's anyone that jumps out to you. Now, there's also guys like Javon McIntyre, Stephon Hall that, that they have talked up that maybe with that extra year gets going somewhere, but it could use a depth acquisition, so that's possible. I think quarter, though, is your big one. You know, you're losing Damari Mathis, which is huge. You're losing your lockdown quarter, your real number one guy. So is there anyone on roster that's ready to do that? I think there are guys that have shown flashes. You know, maybe Marquez Williams, but he's 5'8". So do you really want him being the lockdown guy? I don't know. MJ Devonshire showcases a ton of potential week in and week out. But again, the inconsistencies, the real up and downs in MJ Devonshire's play. The, the ups are phenomenal. The downs are terrible. And, and he was picked on at the end of the Michigan State game. But he seems to be in phase. But there are things that he just needs to do. The talent is so there with MJ Devonshire. So he could be the guy. AJ Woods, again, another guy that showcased really good things. I thought at the end of the year he really steadied out. It mellowed out and played at a pretty high level. I thought he learned from his mistakes. And really for a guy like Woods with so much potential and young talent and athleticism, that's all you can ask for. But behind them, who else is there? Now there are guys that they like. The young guys they like. Khalil Anderson. Whew, this guy looks like... Uh, the Superman already, and he's only a freshman, going to be a sophomore. They like Noah Bicklow. They like Tamari and Crumpley. You know, there are these guys that they like, but the question is, do they like them enough? And we haven't seen the play in-game. So we don't know what any of these guys look like. We don't know what, what they actually play like. We don't know what Bigelow is going to play like. We don't know what Crumpley. We don't know what Anderson. I think Khalil Anderson's the guy that really jumps out to you as, holy smokes, this dude could be really good. Like, really good. The highly touted nature that he came into pit with. I think he could be a guy with the physical tools that could be NFL good if he puts everything together. But we'll see. I think corner is your, your number one thing. Your number one position that you say, okay, that could be a portal addition. So, keep an eye out for that. I think keep an eye out for cornerback. I think that would be the other position here. Maybe back up tight end. And then maybe another linebacker if they think Cam Bright will leave. But outside of that, I don't see much more. But I think corner is your number one priority. Maybe shoring up the pass defense a little bit to help these guys get acclimated as they go into their second year and some even into their first real year as a starter in this defense. So all that is kind of what, what I think of the portal and overall pit 
good things coming up here. Mumpfield and Dow, two really good additions along with Keenan Slovis. Potentially more, who knows? I said, as we said, they could add even more. Folks, as always, thank you for listening. Tomorrow we'll talk a little bit about Brennan Mary and his departure, what it means. And we'll also talk about, you know, Pat Narduzzi essentially signaling what it's going to be. It's going to be a pro-style offense. What that means, could we see more running? Could we see more emphasis on the pass game even? All that is coming up tomorrow on Lockdown Pit. Folks, as always, thanks for listening. And as always, hail to Pit.